Today, we're going to talk about identity-based goals. And how it's sometimes not a yes or no question as it relates to those goals. We'll then talk about how we can shift our goals into a higher gear. Welcome to the Franken Live podcast, where we are stitching together new ways of living our best lives. Welcome back. I'm Jeff. And I'm Troy. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about goal setting. And specifically, we're going to talk about the power of identity-based goals, or when those goals really are connected with the way that we view or define ourselves. Yeah, so identity-based goals, as James Clear defines them in Atomic Habits, is instead of saying, I'm trying not to smoke, say, I'm not a smoker. Right, where it's actually the way in which we sort of identify ourselves or we we define ourselves. And it it's, it's somewhat aspirational if it's a work in progress, saying, I'm not a smoker while you're going through the process of quitting may feel aspirational, but, but it allows us to um, place ourselves where what we're trying to do or not do isn't in conflict with how we actually view ourselves. Yeah. So he kind of talks about the benefits of it being that it allows you to frame your actions in, if you want to be a runner, is what I'm doing today what a runner would do right. in my mind. So eating a cookie versus eating a head of broccoli. What what decision does a runner make? So having that identity allows you to frame that out. Yeah, and I think that it contextualizes it too mm-hmm. because you can connect it to a couple other, you know, behaviors or or whatever else. I'm I'm a runner meaning I not only run, but I have some uh, you know, other health uh, goals or, or I'm, I'm trying to make my diet compatible with what a runner would eat. So it allows us to kind of contextualize behaviors and, and, uh, and, and actions or, or avoidances based on that identity. Yeah. But I don't think that this identity-based habit formation is necessarily a panacea. Just saying I'm a runner doesn't necessarily mean that tomorrow you're going to wake up and behave as a runner. Like you said, it's a little bit aspirational. Yeah, and it sometimes feels, especially as we finished kind of uh, going through Atomic Habits, as we've talked about before, loved it. But in in practice, it felt like there were some of it where there it, it was a little disingenuous, where it was almost seemed like a hack where you can kind of trick yourself into yeah. into doing things. And I think the real power that lies in those identity-based goals isn't the trick, but the framing or the contextualizing that we're talking about. Yeah. So recently, uh, Ellie and I stopped drinking soda, um, and it started back in September when we were leaving on our three-month trip. And really what it started as was we don't want to spend money on soda for the three months. It was already going to be a pretty expensive trip. So that was a good way to just drink water and cut back on some of those costs. Right. So it was framed initially as, hey, we're sacrificing something that we maybe would want to do otherwise, money being no Mm -hmm. object, but we're sacrificing because there's some other priorities that we have for our money that we'd rather allocate those those resources or that money to. So the habit had an intention, not an identity. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, you, I guess if you wanted to frame it out as an identity, we're frugal people, so we don't drink soda. But really, that wasn't the purpose or the thought process behind it. It was really more of a means to an end than uh-huh. really like, hey, yeah, we're going to stop drinking soda. But when we got home from our trip, 
we started drinking some soda again. We went on a cruise as a family and uh, just realized we don't need this in our lives. So by taking that intention-based or even maybe kind of utilitarian basis for that habit, it eventually developed into now, I will say I'm not a soda drinker. Right. I, I don't necessarily mind it occasionally, but we get you and Ryan get drinks all the time for work, just going to the gas station. And I haven't gone in months. Right. So. Right. And so that, that kind of moves into that next point of this notion of yes, no, Yeah. you know, is, are you a non-smoker or are you a runner or are you a, um, a soda drinker or not? And we think about it kind of in that binary. Yes, yeah. no. And the reality is that there are some ways that we can incorporate um, incrementally some of the benefits of an identity-based um, uh, habit formation mm-hmm. without it being that question or maybe feeling disingenuous that I'm, I'm a finished product, you yeah. know, that aspirational, I'm, I'm finished, I am a runner, mm-hmm. you know. Um, th- there, there are some increments, particularly when you find you know, a value or a utility to that habit formation that's sort of the intermediary step where you're saying we want to save money, whether it's an identity of I'm frugal or not, it, it does tie to something that, that, ha- that has a connection to, the uti- to, to a, a, an, a, an identity. Yeah. Um, you're wanting to go on a trip. You saved up money to do it. It fits into the identity or the purpose of that broader thing. And so it has that same punch or that same value, even though it doesn't demand that you say, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a soda drinker. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And we kind of talked about kind of leveling up our habits and it's kind of like riding a bike. The easiest gear is the first gear. Yeah. But if you just keep pedaling, eventually you're either going to burn out or you're going to need to switch up to gear two. And that's kind of when we look at the soda drinking as an example, if we just said we're not going to drink soda for the rest of our lives because it's cost savings, I don't think I think there's a point at which cost savings is not a reason, not enough of a reason to not drink soda. Right. So when we got home, we did transition back to soda drinking, but realized quickly that no, there's a new there's a new reason, a higher reason of health and just feeling better for not drinking soda. Yeah. So kind of like the gears of a bike the more you step up the gear, the more power you're able to generate with a single habit. Yeah, and, and I think that that a little bit of the reverse is also an important uh, kind of output of the metaphor of gears. If you think about it for a car, now mm-hmm. uh, driving a stick shift is a little bit of a lost art, uh, you know, here in the States. You go to Europe, and of course, they're all still yeah. uh, driving stick. But but for those of us that have, you know, driven a stick, you know, you put it in first gear to get started. But no matter how much you put down the gas, even if you floor it, there's a limit yeah. to how fast you can go in first gear. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of talking about soda and, and, and sort of a frugality play, there's probably a limit to how much you can get there. And what, what I mean by that is when you introduce affluence, you know, suddenly I have a whole bunch of money. Well, that, that, um, that motivation no longer 
justifies not drinking. You've got to, you sort of have to move it into another gear if the idea is to be yeah. a non-soda drinker. If that, yeah, that's if exactly that metaphor makes saying. sense. Yeah, yeah. But I think that there's the the opposite of that uh, is trying to start in sixth gear. Totally. And if you try and start a stick shift car in sixth gear, you'll stall. There's right. no no question. I think that's really where Atomic Habits gets it right is that the focus shouldn't be on the finished product of the habit, but what micro habits or what steps are the ones that get me there. Because, yeah. Um, like that uh, lady, her name's Christine. She gave a TED talk about becoming a runner and she would just run for one minute every day. Right. If she was going to run one minute every day for the rest of her life, I don't know that that would make a colossal difference in her life. But right. that was simply the first step to becoming a runner where she's running 15, 20, 30 minutes a day. And that leveling up the habit, you have to start small, but you also have to recognize that there's some runway that you're going to have to face. Yeah, and I think that that, again, kind of is an important thing to, to note, getting back to the, this idea of, of, of the continuum of identity-based goals. She had an identity yeah. related to that one minute. You know, it, it, there, there was a reason, there was a purpose, there was something contextual about what she was trying to do, you know, whether it's a step in the process or I'm just going to do this because I'm going mm-hmm. to do this thing. What, yeah. Whatever it is, there, there is an identity and the better we get at sort of articulating or defining it or, or somehow just making it evident to us, we can leverage some of the power of identity, identity-based goals at a much lower threshold of, you know, of, of commitment or of identification or, or whatever else. I don't have to say I'm a runner, but if I'm saying I run one minute a day, that is an identity. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that actually is an identity based goal. If I'm really clear on saying not, I'm going to run one minute a day, but I do yeah. run one minute a day. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not sure if that distinction. No, it makes totally sense does. Not, I but. think that there is, a real, and we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, is there's a real propensity for us to try and get to finished product from zero. Yeah. And breaking down. Well, well and before you leave that point, and that those are our two choices. Yes. It's either 0% or 100%. Yeah. But then we talked about the comfort zone a couple of weeks ago and how as soon as you take one step out of the comfort zone, now your comfort zone has expanded and you have the opportunity to grow in different ways. Right. So making those small adjustments and small identities allow us to eventually become the big identities. Yeah. And, and I think kind of sticking with the, uh, the comfort zone thing that, that really is that gearing up that we're talking about, you know, as we expand into our discomfort zone, or as we start building some of these smaller habits, these smaller identities, all of those increase our capacity for the next step that that is what that next gear looks like yeah is taking and avoiding those steps. the panic zone is really where we say don't make don't your, go too far yeah don't go too far <laughs> yeah saying i'm gonna go out and run five miles every day ryan's brother-in-law runs five miles a day i if i were to say that i just wouldn't get out of bed in the morning there's right. no w- reason that's panic for me yeah so well that's interesting i hadn't really thought about the idea that that panic zone which which doesn't increase the comfort zone necessarily really is an analog to this notion of overshooting with our, our habits. We, we go into a place where there isn't the, the, the kind of incremental growth or the, 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 the progress 
because it's too far. Yeah. You know, and whether that's manifest in panic, which now I started scared of heights, I jumped out of a plane to skydive, and now I'm even more scared of heights yes, because exactly. I got into that panic zone. Or I said, I'm going to run a marathon and go out and try to run five miles the first day. Either way, I'm, I'm setting myself, myself up to not see the progress that, you know, ideally I'm hoping out of some of those actions. Yeah, it's, it's super fascinating. And it really is something that as we've started trying to implement some of these habits that we think are really important, like the daily reflection and check-in um, and planning, we've faced some serious challenges. <laughs> and a lot of it's been because we've tried to go from zero to 100 right. rather than making figuring out what's the, what's the first step, yeah. what's the final step. Yeah, and the other piece to that is not stagnating. Yeah. You know, as we were talking yesterday about our pit stops and, and how that's working for us, we've gotten good at doing that. We've gotten good at the, the sort of the one minute daily jog. Yeah. What's next? You know, yeah. if that's a habit that we're wanting to, to make even more effective in our lives, what's the next step? You know, let's, let's just drop it a gear and, and maybe get a little bit more, uh, you know, traction or a little bit more capacity for, for increasing our velocity or accelerating towards what we're trying to do. I think that's the other piece of it is, is evaluating, revisiting our, you know, our habits and, and the things that we're working on to say, okay, now I'm, am I in a place where I can, I can move a little bit faster. I can move that, move up the identity yeah. uh, chain of them. Yeah, uh, I would that say makes sense. this is the perfect example because we've gotten the planning pretty good. Uh -huh. That reflection is something that we've touted and said is important. That's the piece that's missing in order to level up is really going back and evaluating. If you're running at one minute a day every day, at what point do you evaluate and say, okay, yeah, is this doing what I want it to do right. anymore? Or am I just now going through the motions? Duolingo is the other great example yeah. of... Am I learning Spanish or am I just getting on to check in for the day, Correct. get my streak, keep my streak alive and beat the other people in my right. league? Like what, what am I getting out of this habit? So right. I think nope. that reflection is really such a key component of any habit development and habit leveling up. Yeah. And, and I think that all of it becomes sort of, I mean, there's a synergy that we can create that as we improve in one of those areas of our habits or one habit, one area of our lives, um, it, it, it does normally allow us to level up in some of the others as well. Totally. So, you know, just reflection and planning. We're doing well in the mechanics of planning, enhancing our, our reflection is the means to improve our planning, planning. right? Yeah. You know, so, and, and it would be the same way with jogging, Duolingo, whatever else, you know, reflecting and kind of evaluating, am I still moving forward to where, towards whatever forward looks like for me or have my routines sort of moved me as fast as I can? Am I sort of flooring it in these current routines? Do yeah. I need to shift, you know, to the next gear in order to, you know, to, to accelerate. So, um, I think it's a really interesting concept. And again, the idea of identity as a means of, um, 
of increasing our attachment to to, to habits yeah. and to goals. I, super powerful. I think we we can do a better job of, of making that more incremental. Yeah, anything taken out of context or taken too far yeah. uh, just stops working the way it's supposed to. And Agreed. I think that that's really where um, a lot of self-help books and self-help philosophies get a bad rap is they are taken out of context of what the what has worked for the author. And in defense of authors, right, they've experienced the full fruition of their plan or whatever right, the self-help right. advice is. But they've also are at the end. They, yeah. They'd, no one's... They've gone through the increments. Yeah, no one's starting out writing a book and saying like, yeah, I'm going to work on this for the next 10 years just documenting my process. Right. It's like, oh, looking back, that really worked. Yeah. And so some of the steps get left out and stuff. I think that that's really uh, the important thing to understand. And that's really what Austin Kleon's talking about in his book, Show Your Work, is really document your processes. And that's what we're trying to do. The power in the increment. Yeah, that the that there's power in the process, mm-hmm. not just in the final destination. Yeah. So Nope, great thought. Um, well, thanks for listening today to... Uh, kind of talk about this and ramble on about and, habits. And, and we'd love to know what habits you're working on, what's working for you, uh, any feedback that you get, we, we'd love to hear. And, uh, and certainly any questions that are interesting for you as far as uh, topics surrounding this, let us know. We'd love to, uh, love to review that. Yeah, you can reach out to us on any of the social media platforms we're on. They're, all of our social media platforms are linked in the show notes for all of the podcast episodes. So you can connect with us there. You can also send us an email um, and that email will be linked as well. But we do love to connect with people. We had a podcast episode earlier where Jack asked us a bunch of questions and that was really fun to just discuss kind of topically relevant things for uh, for one of our listeners. So uh, we're grateful for all Um, all of you coming in, tuning in every week, and we'll see you in the next one. Take care.